Welcome to Beer in a Movie, a podcast that, well, it's self-explanatory. I don't need to tell you what it's about. My name is Ethan Thompson. I talk and teach about movies and TV for a living here in Corpus Christi, Texas. With me is... Carlos. Uh, I am a record store owner, a beer drinker, uh, and a movie lover. Uh, with us, as always, is... Dave Gurney, a film-obsessed guy. I've been a craft beer drinker for most of my adult life, and more recently, a home brewer. And uh, Joe Hilliard, a craft beer enthusiast and uh, movie aficionado. Today we're going to be talking about superhero movies, big, the biggest of them all, perhaps up till this moment, I guess. The biggest. The biggest. The, most, the ones with the most characters. Anyway. The biggest until the next one. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Avengers, uh, and then maybe some not so great, but trying to be other superhero movies. Uh, but first of all, it's time, as we always do, we need to open a beer, and I believe that Mr. Dr. David Gurney has something for us. <laughs> Mr. Dr. David Gurney has a fantastic, I've, from what I remember, uh, beer from Austin, Texas. This is High Sign Brewing's Super Alpha Fragilistic. Gonna... So, so we're sticking with the, the, the uh, theme of super here, super Kind of uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah, right, right. So we got that. It's a double IPA. Um, I think it's about 8%. And they describe it as being a hazy IPA, as many of us probably know. That's that's sort of a trend nowadays is having these. So are they calling it New England or they're just calling they it They don't hazy? call it New England. They call it hazy. So yeah, a little know. bit. But, I, but honestly, yeah, as far as hazies go, this is not super hazy. And did you... Speaking of uh, speaking of hazies, I, t- uh, I took your advice and tried the Manatus, I believe it's called, from yeah. Lorelei. like it. From Lorelei here in Corpus Christi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. had it at the draft house. One that we I cannot get I went cans. to see uh, Avengers Infinity War, actually, so there's the tie-in for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good. Enjoyed it. Um, so what do we think? The, the look of this beer, we're saying it's not quite as hazy as maybe some of the hazy IPAs that we've seen. It's pretty, I mean, it's not clear. I'm not seeing my fingers through that glass. Yeah. I no, mean, you're right, you're right. Okay, it's legit hazy, um, and, a, and kind of kind of an orange tint to it. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now get a little nose on it. A little orange on the nose. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think they describe it as uh, their orange, hazy orange IPA. Yeah, super eight percent, a hazy super orange candy explosion. Double so explosion as well, tying into. Uh, yeah. The theme of today's episode. So uh, Carlos is going to do the heavy lifting of summarizing this film in excruciating detail for you, the listener, starting right now. So Avengers Infinity War is about some very strong men and women that hang out together sometimes. Uh, some bad dude shows up, and then they all have to fight the bad dude, and <laughs> stuff happens. Yeah, so a real twist on the real formula, twist on really. The, yeah. Totally, oh, whoa, whoa, totally flip the genre. There's a on its twist head. on this formula. There's every single character that we've seen <laughs> on the movies in the last ten years. There's a huge twist. Yeah, the twist is that there are so many A-list celebrities in this film that it is impossible to give them all screen time in a way that is fulfilling and makes sense and is, you know. So, so I'm getting the sense that this isn't a film that you loved, Carlos. Uh, yeah, didn't didn't love it. Hot hot take. It's not a good movie. Um, <laughs> what I will say though is that it was good. There were good things about it. 
it wasn't totally terrible. The best parts of this movie, in my opinion, are just the fight scenes where that's all that's happening is like, you know, super fighting. The action scenes are good. And so, you know, one of the positives of this movie is that it's probably like like 75% just people fighting each other and then 25% people, you know, talking to each other at ad nauseum when we probably didn't need a lot of that dialogue. But, yeah, not, not, my, not my favorite. Well, you know, we... Um, uh, sometimes with, with the movies, or even most of the times, uh, we try to judge them on what they are. I, and I tried to really hard to... Uh, I did my what, what I would consider due diligence in going to see this film. Because I'm not a fan of, of Avengers movies or superhero movies, really, of any but, sort. But mm-hmm. Ethan, Ethan, talk about that, though. Like, like from a um, critical point of view, from a pointy-headed point of view, or just the... They don't appeal to you. Um, yeah, all those points. All use. of it for real. Okay. Uh, but you know, I, I can enjoy um, I can enjoy good special effects, action oriented film. Mm-hmm. And so I this was this is the biggest film we've talked about so far, right? Yeah, I would, I would say, say so. And as far as growth, this is the bi- one again, well, yeah. if not the biggest film of the year, one of them, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so you know, you're, it, it's a huge blockbuster. It's an event film. People are excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be, um, you know, a happy person and not a sad person, mm-hmm. and enjoy this film right. because what else am I going to get, big budget wise? And I would say that my overall complaint about superhero movies is just that they've sucked up all the air of other blockbuster movies. That there's not other kinds of big blockbuster movies that are meant to have a broad appeal mm-hmm. um, to adults. Uh, especially, you know, yeah. versus like the Jaws of yesteryear or something like that, that that has actual adult characters in them. So for me, that's why I don't just like them or look forward to them. But this film, I enjoyed this film. I thought it was good as a um, as these Avenger-type movies go. Granted, I'm the guy that also enjoyed watching Death Wish because I could, like, think about all the ways that it... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that it differed from the original is made to fit for today. For me, I enjoyed this film because I just got into thinking like, oh, and now they're going to have to introduce that character. And now they've got to bring this universe in. And how are they, the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of have their whole old th- different thing going on. And then they're going to have to integrate that into this. So I just kind of gave in to the spectacle of the whole thing. And um, I enjoyed the film. I don't think it's a good quality uh what I would consider a, a film that people should see or need to see to think about anything. But so far as a popcorn movie, yeah. Decent popcorn movie. Do you want to hear my 10 reasons why I didn't like this movie? <laughs> I, I would. If you have, if you prepared them. Uh, no, I don't have full 10 reasons, but I, I did, I did kind of want to enjoy it the way you talked about it. Just like yeah. it is what it is. Let's go in. But I think that it missed a lot of opportunities that it could have been more than just a popcorn movie. Yeah. Um, I think that, it had one of the most underdeveloped uh, antagonists that we've seen in one of these movies in a while. Uh, I think that almost every single character in the movie acts against what they've spent 10 years building that character to be. Um, and then I, I won't go on too much longer and actually do 10 things because I can talk about it all day. Mm-hmm. But I will say that as much as I love Elizabeth Olsen, she does not appear to have any kind of consistent accent in this film whatsoever. There are scenes where she is literally just talking like Elizabeth Olsen. No, I don't even know who that be, is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which one is, is she? That? Come on, have, uh, you, have you not listened to Carlos's other podcast all about Elizabeth all Olsen? All about Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. Uh, it's, uh, it's a bi-weekly. Is she the vision? <laughs> is she the vision? Scarlet Witch, yeah. The yes, okay, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was. So this is interesting, though, to hear hear your take because you obviously know a lot about the whole Marvel universe and you have expectations about these different things. He's also the youngest guy in the room. My expectations yeah, are very low for these movies at this point. But yeah. but 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 you you care about things of like about that character and you know who it is. Um, no, it, I mean I barely know who Scarlet Witch is. But you felt you felt you were let down. You were let down that they, you thought that they could done have done more with the individual stories and, and with that I think that they could have taken a lot bigger risks that they were perfectly poised and set up to do. Hmm. Um, as far as you know, which characters may or may not die, or whatever the case may be, and then I, um, yeah, just a lot of the acting was pretty bad. So we need to hear from the other two guys across the table here. But uh, I'm curious, though, I have to ask everyone, and for the benefit of our listeners, we're just like assuming by this point we don't have to worry about spoilers anymore. Yeah, yeah of course. If someone's spoilers. listening to this damn spoiler podcast, filled from this point forward. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler yeah. filled. By the way, half of them die. <laughs> Well, and for me, that's an interesting thing. Like, no, they I, don't. Even though, no, I, they're they're coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. They're coming back. But, yeah. but there are scheduled weird. movies with these <laughs> that are na- <laughs> I know. where these characters are the title of the film. Right. They're not dead. That, that, right. that, and, the, and for me, that that's an interesting thing because I hear people talking about, oh, like they were just we were stunned and crying mm-hmm. as we went through this. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, like, didn't how? understand that at all. There is no. You're telling. You really don't think there's going to be five more Black Panther movies? Yeah. I mean, well, well, but see, Ethan, I made a joke earlier about Carlos being the younger person, the youngest person in the room. And the fact of the matter is, is that I've got a 17 year old and an 18 year old at home, and they are going to go to the opening weekend of these films the way that you, that we would have gone to Star Wars once upon a time. These are exciting movies. The storyline right. is important. Have you seen the uh, bits and pieces from this uh, this Civil War movie and that one? No, I hadn't because I hadn't seen. I was going to also say. We were alive when this thing started. There was no such thing as a Marvel super movie that anyone took seriously once upon a time. And then, right. then came Spider-Man with Sam Raimi. Then came yeah. X-Men. X-Men 2, fantastic cinematic experience. And we've watched the birth and the growth of these things into what they would eventually become. As well, I understand it, and Carlos can answer this question, Iron Man 1 was a fluke. Iron Man 2 was the beginning of the, the whole uh, Marvel Universe. If I, if I understand it correctly, uh, I mean, I think that I think that the first Iron Man did significantly overperform as far as they, their expectations went. Certainly, but I I do think that there from that very first movie there were definitely plans. Like if this works well enough, then but were the plans that that why this they is, they weren't the, as intricate as they are now. See, by, this is the biggest my biggest um, positive for this movie is the film business behemoth that must have occurred for this thing to occur. You've got the highest paid actors in Hollywood coming together for what will be one of two films and then more. Mm -hmm. And that they have orchestrated this over the course of a decade to get here and all of the pieces work out and it becomes the number one thing until the next number one thing. And it has for every single one. It's amazing in the the sense of the film business. Mm -hmm. But what it does for Film consumers and what is available to them on a weekly basis, that to me is the larger conversation. And I think, guys, I'm just checked out of the notion that we're going to escape this. It's going to be this for another X years until we say enough of what what has become all of my children in the superhero. Well, well, there you go. Now that We need some amnesia. We need some pregnancies. We'll really get this soap opera going. Oh, you're going to get it in part two. This is... That's what I kept thinking about when I was watching, because I have seen a number of these films, not all of them. I I have not seen every MCU film. 
But from the ones that I've seen and the way that this plays out, I mean, we are in such a moment where we're kind of seeing scenes that we've already seen take place, sort of re-put together so that we kind of re-engage. And, you know, we start midpoint of some sort of altercation that's going on that was sort of hinted at at the end of what, what it was the Thor movie, right? That Where we start, where right. Thor and Loki are. I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> but anyhow, you know, so we're in a soap opera. Yeah. It's, it, this is like big screen male melodrama that we are seeing in installments, mm-hmm. right? And, and they've got And enough. it makes billions oh, of yeah. dollars. But we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, I th- I'd like to pe- press pause on like the general um, Should you, know, you go see this movie? I would, ra- I, I want, can we talk some more about specifics from it? And, and uh, because we're going to talk about Justice League mm-hmm. later, which I think we all will agree is a terrible movie and mm. is, is a symbol of everything that's bad about these kinds of movies. Yeah. And spoiler I'm like alert. trying to figure out, you know, what is it about these, these films that I like? The, spoiler alert, I mean, the film sucks. So, Dave, <laughs> what, I still don't have a good sense of how you felt about the film. I don't either. I really? Mean, honestly, the way that I feel about the film is I do not judge it as a film. I realized that I was, as yeah. I was watching it, like... It's really this kind of experiential thing that I go through with those films. Like, I went with my eight-year-old, and she is definitely in that phase where these things are very impressive. It's very sort of overwhelming in in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. And so experiencing that through her, I connect back to what it was like being a kid, seeing some of those earlier superhero films. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, you know, I... I think specifically I'm referencing the Batman films of Tim Burton. Those were the ones that sort of hit me at about that age yeah. where I was feeling that way. But such a fascinating conversation because the, the, the Batman of, of, Phil, of uh, Tim Burton was an anomaly. Movies don't make this much money. You, you brought up Jaws earlier. As a comparison, the very first blockbuster ever, the idea that this a movie can make this much money, we had no idea. And then Jaws becomes the blueprint for five years of what a blockbuster might be until that blueprint changes with the next one that makes even more money than Jaws. These movies are coming at us like a parade once a year and the audience lines up and spends their money. Oh, we're beyond once a year. We're talking about, oh, what, yeah. what are there, like three or yeah, four we, Marvel we're, movies? We're really at the, at the yeah. Black Panther was just like, what, two months, two months ago? ago? Yeah. Right. 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 How he was the biggest Thor was... Marvel ever, and now this yeah. is the biggest Marvel yeah. ever, and right. then and there's a Black Panther sequel uh, 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 plan, but he's dead, but well, of course he's we not, because he's got to come back. It's just, we have Ant-Man there's and a time coming. Yeah. But do you guys like any of these? Hold on, hold on. Do you guys like any of these movies, or are we just a panel of guys? Yeah, I do. I'll I tell do. you, because I said I did due diligence. Go ahead. And I meant, man, I'm going to try hard to like this movie. And so I went, and uh, before I watched Infinity War, I rented Thor Ragnarok, which I'd heard was good. Mm-hmm. And I laughed. And an essential I, part of the universe. Which I really didn't care about. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's there's a, always a bad guy, and then there's superheroes, and they're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about the intricacies of the Infinity Stones or whatever mm-hmm. nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thor Ragnarok was really funny, I thought. And Chris Hemsworth, I enjoy him as a character, mm-hmm. uh, as Thor. He's just... I. I like that character. He's entertaining to watch. And that was all thrown into relief for me when I watched Justice League um, because it's none of that stuff. Well, I think, but what you're getting on there is is important because that's exactly right. I do not go to these films expecting to have a really satisfying narrative experience. It's the experience I'm having is, am I enjoying these characters and their repartee, Mm -hmm. which I do think the Marvel writers 
are getting pretty well. Now, you yes. were yeah. saying that, like, some of those quips from, you know, uh, Tony Stark, Ro- Robert Downey Jr.'s mm-hmm. character, uh, Star-Lord, the, mm-hmm. the Chris Pratt character, him, him riffing off of uh, Thor there, copying everything he's saying, like, doing his deeper voice. And so, I mean, like, those are, for me, genuinely fun little yeah. set pieces, yeah. and I'll go with those. And then the, the action scenes, like Joe was saying, these fights that take place, some of those are pretty spectacular, and it's crazy to see how far they can take it with, like, we, okay, we've destroyed cities. We're going to destroy an entire planet through this battle. We're going to take it down, you know. So those are the things that I go there for. I do not, I mean, there's always going to be some ridiculous object. These stones. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to drop it. But, no, these stones it always has to be some weird, like, these are all powerful items. That once, no, but once somebody has collected all of them, like, look, you can collect the cups Stanley at Burger King, brother. And it's like, what the heck are we Stanley doing? Kubrick, Quentin Tarantino can make a film about gathering magical stones and make it compelling. These are just comic book devices. Yeah, no, but that's but, but at a certain point, those devices it's it's kind of irrelevant. To I mean, me, I just to me, it's using comic book devices as excellence, like judging them as excellence. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. there are the, the original three Star Wars movies are still in the canon, probably of every single person in this room, as being in the top fifteen of our personal experience. Right, the original three. We're about to get into a situation where we get a Star Wars movie once or twice a year, and we're devaluing the notion that these things are special, if they can happen so often. But the film business loves it because we're ponying up a billion or two every five months. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, to me, when I'm seeing these films, I just... I become attuned to them, and then I stop expecting certain things. Like I say, I expect no narrative surprise. Do you strip point. it down to where you can enjoy it? But that's the I thing, guess at, though, at the end of the day, can you enjoy these movies? We could and get, I do. I we, they could give us those narrative surprises, though. Even knowing what we know about, like which movies source are slated material. to come out. Uh, there's there's the source material mm-hmm. thing, and there's also like who's which actors' contracts are running out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, huge spoiler. Where's Hawkeye? But I think one of the truest most just missed and blundered moments of the entire movie was you had an out for Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Yeah. You had a Oh, I thought huge, that I, I agree. I thought he was gone. I thought where he was gone. You kill him off. I mean, because he's aging out of the character and at yeah. some point you're gonna have to replace him. And that I mean that moment would have been like crushing for fans that have been with yeah. us since Iron Man One and it would have been the most poignant well, moment of that entire film. If they had killed him and actually killed him, not now like don't you think they're the probably just setting it up? They're yes. going to kill him in the next one. No, no, no. I mean, no, no. He cradles Spider Man while Spider Man goes. It's actually going to be the so opposite. I was so happy when Spider Man died. He's coming I back in another Spider Man movie like, in a year. Go away, He's you little back. sniveling punk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just float away into the wind. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark. See, that, that's the thing about this is like, I could talk to you about two fifty two being the first appearance of the black Spider Man costume after Secret Wars. I can talk. I can talk to you about this stuff because that was my childhood. I never. The comics were special because they were, that's where you found it. Yeah. Now it's just TV on the big, uh, TV on the big screen. Yeah, it, it might, it's just TV on the big screen. We're gonna get another chapter next week. With yeah, a but, but, but wait, but, we should but, probably. But close you say it down. T- TV on the big screen. These do not play as well on TV. I'm sorry. They like don't, no. seeing those action set pieces on the big screen. You're right. Is what makes it worth seeing those movies to me. Like when I go and I have again, like with the eight year old having the wide eyes, like oh my gosh, I mm-hmm. can't believe what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. The visuals are, you know, mm-hmm. that to me you can only get when you go to see this in a theater on a big. Okay, screen. so that brings us back around to Ethan's original uh, point that he bring, that he had brought up is what works and what doesn't. What it, what is it about these movies that 
we enjoy and that makes them better than other ones because obviously Justice League is a big pile of crap and it like it's not spoiler alert. Uh, you know, in, like, setup and, like, the idea of the movie is not any different than the first Avengers, but the first Avengers isn't, you know, passable, and yeah. Justice League is not. And uh, for me, you know, when you started talking about Thor Ragnarok and then when you were talking about some of the moments you liked in Infinity Wars, especially when David was talking about Infinity Wars, everything that you said in vague terms, I was like, oh, yeah, when Thor did this. Oh, yeah, when Thor did this. Best part of that movie, I think, for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that Chris Hemsworth, not yeah. only just la- having kind of found his comedic mm-hmm. timing under the yeah. tutelage of, Taiki, of, of, of Taika Waititi, and then also just the fact that Thor is hard as fuck. Like, everything he does in this movie is so hard, and every time he's fighting somebody, it's he's, so badass. He's hand. I'm so glad time. that I'm not the only one who has a man crush on Thor. Oh, yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah. I, I don't... Now, how did you feel... How did you feel about Hulk being impotent? Did, yeah, not it, a fan. No, I, and, and so this is a problem that they, I thought him trying to get up his rage erection and not being able to do that <laughs> was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I mean, I was cracking up, and that was one that I did not want to explain to my eight-year-old. Yeah. What, what? It, 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 it did work a little better in this film than it would in any other setting because you know what we've. I think what most people have noticed from the solo Hulk films is that the whole conflict with that character is that he doesn't want to become the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And, but you're there to see the Hulk, and so right. how do you have that carry an entire movie? And then right. they kind of flipped it in this one, which which was which was interesting because usually he's trying yeah. to suppress the Hulk, and now right. he like can't get it, you know, come out. <laughs> but so it's like it was good, but also like I like we came to see Hulk smash. Like that's one of the most the most like, and it epic starts. We get to see him exciting. at the beginning. They give you some Hulk smash, yeah. but I mean then, he gets smashed, and instead they but, give you Hulk, well he smashes Hulk's smallest boner. Smashed. Yes. Uh, well, so, you know, we, we, we've, uh, we've been talking about this quite a bit. And we can do, do this for 30 more minutes. Uh, I have a feeling that do this all day. we're going to continue. We're going to come back to this pr- inevitably when we talk about Justice League because we hate it so much. And I'm sure yeah. we're going to continue to talk about what works and what doesn't work. But we need to get back to the beer here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've actually drank some of it. So what do you guys think? I mean, I, I, I brought this. I was up in Austin last weekend, uh, brought this back with me. What, what are you guys thinking? Was this worth it? This is, this is a beer I would drink all day. I love the IPA. I love the orange peel. I love the um, unfinishedness of the hazy IPA in mm-hmm. a general sense, and it's a very refreshing and delicious. And everyone should seek it out, in my opinion. It's it's like a softer IPA in body. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. it kind of has that it's got pillowy, all those yeah. hints. Yeah, I I like it. I don't know if I would go like all the way to Austin and be like, ah, this is what I'm gonna go get. <laughs> but so in regards to this beer, I do enjoy it. Um, and I had somewhat of a revelation after our last uh, podcast taping, I think. And but I don't know what it means yet necessarily. But I've I've noticed a trend in like my beer preferences where I don't want to be able to see through it. Uh-huh. I've noticed that like beers that are like highly filtered and like a normal IPA, yeah. not like a New England style. I just don't really care for that much. Uh-huh. Uh, but I like the hazy IPAs. I like wheats. I like porters and stouts. Yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, so I, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Uh, so somebody asked me, and I had to I had to bullshit my answer and say, you know, well, the unfilteredness gives a richer flavor profile or more complex, whatever. But I don't actually know anything about how beer is brewed, so maybe one of you can shed well, some I, I would light say, on this. I would say two things. Number one, we always, always bullshit our answer because that's just oh, yeah. the appropriate thing to do. I literally have a degree in it. Uh, but number two, and David, I, I'd love to hear your opinion. Right. Hazy IPA. If you are into beer at all, you're hearing this these two words together over and over and over again. Yeah, well, I mean, I 
But what you're saying is right, Carlos, because think about it. Just the very fact that you are letting this particulate stay in the beer, there is more substance to it. I mean, like it's going to have a thicker kind of mouth feel. I mean, I used that before. With- <laughs> right, I know. But, but the idea that when it sits in your mouth, it's not that thin like PBR that we had a few episodes back where you throw that back and it's like it's, it's water. I yeah. mean, it's like it really is the consistency of water. We're here like a Hefeweizen, a hazy IPA, even some porters and stouts, especially those that really go with big, grain, you know, imperials and stuff. Those are going to be really, you know, substantive mouth experience. You're if anyone drink- in the audience is uh, listening, um, just purely uh, there, if you're a dedicated listener and you're just purely waiting uh, for the sadomasochistic breakdown of me, I'm still not drinking these beers, drinking. but I'm sticking my nose really into it. He's, he's really, really close. Interested. He's interested. And then nobody wants to drink my beer after I sunk my nose in it. <laughs> I'll drink it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pass it over. It does right. smell really good. Okay. Well, well, what do we say? We we take a little break here, and then we come back and we start talking about. Uh, Justice another beer. You know what? Justice Justice League. League. I make a motion that we talk less about superhero uh, movies in the future and more about like the dynamics in the beer industry of the hazy IPA movement. But we'll do that. <laughs> we'll save that for That's another time. That's a whole other podcast. Right. Yeah. So we uh, chose to to look at Justice League because it was such an obvious comparison in terms of bringing all the various superheroes together uh, in in the each particular comics universe. Although. Uh, the word has been out for quite a while that this is not a good movie. Uh, it did not was not well received. Twas a bomb. Twas a bomb. Twas a bomb. It was. Was it a loss? It, it did very poorly. I mean, it made like six hundred and fifty okay. million dollars. The budget was three hundred. So, so gross two twenty nine in the United States, four twenty eight point nine in other territories for a worldwide total of six hundred fifty seven on a production budget of three hundred million. Had a world blah 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 blah. The estimated gross worldwide film would have had to have make seven hundred fifty million to break even. Because uh, so all made, the marketing and everything. Now again, that? people will people will critique the way that studios do their math and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there is always like a marketing piece and the whole kind of rollout yeah. that goes along. Uh, with I, it. I have to pause and peel back the curtain a little bit. We haven't opened our beer yet. Oh gosh, what are we thinking? All about Justice League. All right, okay. All right. Well, let's. So yeah, let's let's get okay, to this beer. I, I brought a beer for you guys to taste. All right, this is Freetail Brewing out of San Antonio. They're a brew pub in San Antonio, and they've been around for at least fifteen years. I wish I had the year in front of me, but I don't. So I'm going to open this up. The reason why I brought this is because their name Freetail is for the Freetail bat that lives. Ah, oh, there we go. Ah, look right. at that. But, but I wanted to bring it up. Hold on, let me open this up. Oh, that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that was simulated beer opening. Oh, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it had been pre-opened. I apologize. The but the reason why I brought it is because uh, this is just two hours north of us, and if you don't live in the tech, they're distributing. This is a bomber. I brought a 22-ounce bomber of their... Hopothesis. Hopothesis. Hop, H-O-P. It's a Imperial IPA. I'm pouring around for my boys. Seth, I'll I'll, I'll get you a glass here in just a little while. But we're talking about a uh, Imperial IPA, Freetail Brewing out of San Antonio. And uh, Dave, tell us what that APV is. ABV? Um, That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what the APV... I don't know. So this is the hypothesis... Imperial IPA, it looks like that clocks at, ooh, 8.9%. And you get the, the difference in the bouquet of this versus the other IPAs. 
All right, so, now, so and, different. And on the notion of Justice League being a bomb, I don't want that to be the uh, the tie-in with this delicious beer. Right. No, there's a bat tie-in, so DC versus Marvel. Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I, my due diligence, uh, not only did I watch Thor to prepare for, uh, for that other movie, Infinity War, but I watched... Uh, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> okay, well, we ha- we're going to... Classic be, we're, Affleck. We are yeah, going to talk about Ben Affleck Isn't for that a while. Bruce Wayne's backstory? Um, but I watched uh, Wonder Woman, because there is mm-hmm. a DC Universe, uh, very well-received, did extremely well, right? And um, versus Justice League, which... Did not do those things. Um, And, you know, I will also admit, I I will share that I, uh, about, when I was a little kid, I had Justice League. I think they were called the Super Friends. Mm -hmm. They had a cartoon, right? That was like Justice League Super. I had Super Friends sheets on my bed and even Super Friends curtains. Mm -hmm. So I should, I guess I would have to go back 30, 40 years to, like, enjoy this film. Um, I don't think that would do it. Form of bedroom curtains. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so let me just expand on something that you just said okay. because you brought Wonder Woman up and I mentioned this whenever we did uh, the Blockers episode because you had Blockers that was a female right. film that was significantly better than its you know counterpart that we chose American Pie. But just the sheer fact that Wonder Woman is so good and enjoyable and you have this really strong you know lead character there in Gal Gadot and... Also, just to tack on to that, I was reading reviews of Justice League, and literally the only positive thing anybody has to say is about her. Oh, I, uh, I, that would is, go for me. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's really the only good part of the movie. But and then to go to the male gaziness of Zack Snyder and what, yeah, how she's just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, you're there. I, I mean, the male gaziness of Zack oh, Snyder. Man. There's, um, he's the worst. By yeah, the way, let's just I start... just want to say that Zack Snyder. I can't believe anybody gives him work anymore. Like, well, he made the story, one he's, decent movie. He's not doing any more of these movies. Good, he's, been, thank he's been removed. God. From, the fact from he got this. this far is truly baffling. Well, but let's they, talk about some of the ways this this movie is terrible. They couldn't allow him to do another movie if this was the financial failure. I mean, that's I mean, just the, the way guy Hollywood that did works. Sucker he's... Punch, you're gonna give him this? What? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I have what? a. I I just feel I, watching this thing, um, and our friend Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I can't imagine how it could be good with him in it. He's just he's so him as Bruce Wayne is just fundamentally terrible to me. Yeah, he's all I bloated. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I mean, he he's so boring and awful to watch, and I just think that he just looks like. Uh, bloated. Well, especially when you've had when we've had Batman's like Michael Keaton, yes, Christian like Bale. Christian Bale. Like, I mean, I, I, I would even put George Clooney above. Ben There's Affleck. a better Bruce Wayne than Ben Affleck. Yeah. George Clooney was a great Bruce Wayne, not a good Batman. Yeah, well, that was a terrible film surrounding him, so he really couldn't. But, it, have but in the best ways. No, um, no so you best. were kidding when you disagreed about Ben Affleck. No, so I do think that because um, okay, so we you know we talked about. Infinity War earlier, and you said something about you know I actually care about these characters. Yada, so yada, you yada. care about Ben Affleck? Is I, n- well, no. I what I'm saying is that as far as like the comic reading that I've done, and like when I was you know reading every week, yeah, I worked in a comic store for a couple years. Like DC was my shit. Batman is my dude. And so whenever they announced that they were going to do this movie where they were going to take Batman in the direction of like Frank Miller's Batman, where he's older and bigger and bulkier and kind of worn down and aged. And they, okay. we saw Ben Affleck in the suit. I was like, yeah, that that looks like Frank Miller's drawing of of Batman in the kind of dystopian future type setting that he put him in. And I thought 
that, you know, I thought that a lot of... So you thought hypothetically Ben Affleck could be good. I thought that he could be good, especially going back to Chris Nolan and whenever it was announced Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, I was up in arms about that. I thought it was the worst decision anybody ever made, and I was obviously proved very wrong about that. So (laughs) when I heard that Ben Affleck was going to play him, I was like, you know what? Right. It seems kind of like an odd choice. But they know what they're doing. I'll, I'll, I'll... I'll save my judgment until I see the film. And then they showed him in the suit and everything. I was like, yeah, that looks pretty good. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset about that at all. Now, where it went wrong is I don't think it was as much of Ben Affleck's fault as it was the writing and the directing around him. They were like, you know, Ben, can you look, can you brood a little more? You know, just can you whisper all of your dialogue and not really ever kind of show an emotion at any given yeah. point in time, except for like maybe a little bit of anger and then the whole like Martha. And yeah, and I actually, I, and so I think that that's the biggest. I think when he's fighting and he's not having to talk and he's just like being Batman, beating people up. I think that his physicality is very hmm, okay. on, is on point for that that era of that character. Now, if you tried to do Batman Begins with Ben Affleck in it where he's, like, just figuring it out, like, that would be just unwatchable. But, but with as much financial stake as, that is in, as is involved in these films, what's fascinating to me is that Marvel got it done first. Mm-hmm. But now, did they? No, 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 not no. Not really. But, but let's, that's the thing. Like, let's go back, right? I mean, what was the original successful superhero Superman. on film? It was Superman. Yeah. I mean, even before the, the Christopher Reeve variant, there were the Superman serials back in the... I mean... DC was actually the comic book house that was doing film better and bigger for a long time. For a long time, right? I mean, Batman, Superman, these were huge films back in the 70s, 80s, into the uh, 90s. It's an unfair comparison. And really, if you're, I mean... You well, it's a different approach. I mean, like we were talking about when we were talking about Avengers, we've kind of moved into this almost more like soap opera-like version yeah. And of, for that, for that, for where we are today, Marvel broke that ground. Yes. Th- yeah. There was no DC in development, or if there was, it didn't get done. How many Fantastic Fours have there been? Five. While oh, Marvel so. tries to figure out how to get it done correctly yeah. to maximize that boss, box office. When the Avengers assemble and there is no Justice League movie in production, Marvel has won the yeah. fight. No, they did for sure. Yeah. Right. Down, but so they now also here owe comes, it all to Chris Nolan. Real quick, they, they've created a blueprint for success. Now, what is DC going to do? They're going to undo that blueprint with a series of, in my opinion, even though they made billion dollars each, misses Suicide Squad, this Awful. Justice League. Awful. So you don't even have the notion, they, and they can't be the same. Imagine a world where if this is our cinematic off- offering, right? We go to the movie theater, and there's going to be a DC or a Marvel movie every year. You could become a DC person or a Marvel person. The movies are so good on both sides of the camp that you can say, I prefer the Marvel universe, or I prefer the DC universe. There's no one going to this movie and watching it and saying it's a good movie. No, no, Even if it makes $650 million. Right, yeah, no. right. It, no, it was, and I mean, going back to what we were talking about, with, or what I was saying about Avengers, where I go to these films not for plot, but I go there for these, like, sort of exchanges between the characters and these action scenes, and the, the dialogue was terrible. Mm-hmm. In that movie, yeah. I mean, the yeah, few the jokes that they tried. What was it? Yeah. The, the The Flash is kind of the one who's like the more comic. Yeah. But they were terrible. The Kramer, the Kramer of the movie. Yeah, but he was just terrible. I don't the know thing if it's they the got actor me too, is that like or, visually, uh, oh, you know. Yeah. And I, I I wanted just to take Zack Snyder and sit him down, and make him watch Tim Burton's first Batman movie, make him watch his own know, movies. But no, I, I that that first Batman movie, you know, it kind of ends with this great tableau, um, and and the Batman's. Uh, logo up in the sky and everything and it's really visually striking mm-hmm. in Justice League it's like every couple minutes they think they've got this great tableau 
right? That all they have to do is assemble I, the did, character up on a ledge yeah, and have yeah. some smoky clouds right. behind them, and it'll be powerful. It's like the, they sat down and they came up and they visualized all these different scenes like that, but there's nothing surrounding it to give it any weight. So it here, just falls he, the, so flat. And that's the thing about Zack Snyder is he's great at creating like small moments that, and but he thinks that he can add these small little pieces together to make a compelling hole, which he can't right. clearly. Mm-hmm. And he, just, uh, I, I, I think, I think that I really think he's one of the worst filmmakers <laughs> next to Michael Bay. <laughs> that we had in a while, but I do want to present an argument of, uh, auteur status for Zack Snyder, because when you see a Zack Snyder movie, you're like, yep, that's him. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know exactly yeah, who he well, is. So, I mean, is there merit if, if, to if, that or not? I don't is, know. If but you I don't see that in a good in itself, I do not. No, like, it's just not because a good I know who it is. So what? You know? No, I have to. I do have to say, like, I, I'm I'm somewhat on board with you, Carlos, in in terms of the last I don't know whatever, probably six films that Zack Snyder has put out, but. I actually started out liking the guy in terms of that Me Dawn too. of the Dead reboot that he did. Which one? I, Dawn of the Dead. Mm. He, did, he did that back in 2004. I enjoyed that. Um, 300, I don't love in terms of a lot of its ideological implications. It's what but, it was. But in terms of the visuals, right. in terms of how that was all interpreted right. yeah. and brought to the screen, I thought So that was, let's and, give this man Watchmen. It, okay. Which was good. I, okay, there you go. I liked Watchmen, yeah. too. Watchmen. One but of the most a, faithful adaptations that's of That's a comics. much more interesting set of characters to see kind of play out these these different kinds of uh, conflicts. But then once we get into the, I mean, I, I haven't even seen Legend of the Guardians or, or Sucker Punch, but I think Man of Steel was probably the first of the Oof. more recent era. Yeah. And, the, and ever since then, it's just kind of been like, oh my God, I, these are just terrible. I, and I, I just, I don't even think, I, for me, the, the casting is just so bad in them. I, I feel the same way about Superman. What is his name? Henry, K- Henry Cavill. Cavill. I mean, yeah. have you guys seen the other films? That yes. He, he, yeah. Man of Steel. He just, oh, I look at him and I'm like, it's not right. You can't do better than this. It's not I right. I mean, you've got Chris Hemsworth yeah. as Thor. Mm-hmm. And then we've got this guy as mm-hmm. Superman but this is right there. That's just, but, but the, I did like the hairy chest. It's another example of Snyder though. It's just, he has a, a painting in his mind of Henry Cavill as Superman. And if like a still frame of him, doesn't look terrible. It's fine. Looks, looks like Superman, <laughs> right? But you can't just look like. Right. No, you, you have to be able to act. There's right. a there's and, a charisma. And think, about, yeah. and think about the evolution of Marvel into DC, cinematically. If Robert Downey Jr. did not work as well the first time, we would not have had an Iron Man two. I, I think that was the control. Well, that's the, what happened with Hulk, casting. right? Hulk. We we had Ed Norton. Mm, yes. And then we've that had, was we've had, that. We've had Eric three Spider Man. Well, that's right. That's right. We've had three Spider Mans. Toby, Toby Maguire outgrew what they're right, trying to do now. Right. We got a second Spider Man that was no good, so let's get rid of him. Because yeah, he was a third Spider Man. So so Toby Maguire. No, Andrew Garfield. Was he, he was, that old? He was like twenty eight or twenty nine. Uh, okay, so we've got Iron Man, Chris Evans. We got we have a, we have a uh, uh, Captain America. Right. Uh, now we have a Thor. Now we have a Hulk. After a couple of missed attempts, now we have the ability to create this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one wants Ben Affleck as uh, as Batman. <laughs> no one wants Henry. You know what I'm saying? Now, 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 uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. Wonder Woman. Forget about it. <laughs> so now we've got the pieces, just like Marvel's got them. Just like Marvel's doing it, we're gonna do it. But no one wants the product that we put out. Well, and and as you said, the the casting has just not been as good. I mean, they have not found those right pieces for that universe, nor do they seem to want to spend the kind of money or or pay the attention to the kind of dialogue writers that they would need to create. I mean, to me, that was where 
Because I was thinking about it. I'm watching Avengers, and then I had not seen Justice League in the theater, so I watched that at home uh, after seeing Avengers. And to me, you see it, and it is just stark, the comparison, in terms of the level of writing that goes on. It is yeah. clear that the Marvel Cinematic Universe invests money in their screenwriting and actually yes. has people who write interesting little dialogue. Set pe- I mean, that stuff that comes out of Rocket's mouth, that comes out of Star-Lord's mouth, all that stuff funny, witty, silly, character-appropriate. The best they could do was like this hyper-neurotic Flash character in, uh, in Justice League that just didn't work and that, with the and other it was And that's the worst for, part. For me, though, not that's the worst, where, but... That is where <laughs> these movies, uh, the, Mar- the, the, the Marvel Universe still works as big blockbuster movies. That I feel there's something there for me, even though I don't care about comic books, in that the dialogue is smart at times mm-hmm. when it can be and it's interesting and compelling and it's there for adults i don't be have to be infantilized the way that i felt that i was trying to watch those that justice league movie right i was like mm-hmm. the only possible reason i could watch want to watch that would be i'm just comic books and into that universe mm-hmm. they aren't even trying That's why I whereas the marvel people are working truly to make movies that have a broad appeal not just comic book yeah. movies. and let's just say we live in a world where a 650 million dollar worldwide gross is a failure yeah. Well, how does that work? Yeah. Well. well All right. So I brought this free tale yeah. from you guys for, to you guys from San Antonio. It's uh, this is their Imperial IPA hypothesis. We just had a hazy hypothesis. Uh, we just had a hazy uh, citrus IPA. What do you think, David? Oh, I love this. This is this is like a good old fashioned dank resinous IPA, right? I mean, this is just dank's a good word. Yeah. I mean, this is like I'm down in the basement and there's been some mildew building up. No, no, but in, in the best possible way. I mean, this is, this is an old school, in, in a certain sense. Um, it's not super bitter. I don't, I don't think it's going for that, but it's just a real hearty, malty imperial IPA. Yeah, you get that malt, so it's really strong on the nose. Mm. Carlos? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> he, he's already established he likes the haze. All right. He's, yeah, he, he's in the haze grapes. It's good, but, you know. You know, yeah. we're down here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, San Antonio is a two-hour drive. You know, I just want to say that. I want to put this out there for those that have gotten this far along into our journey. If you have a beer in your neck of the woods that we will never get our hands on because yeah. it's not distributed down here, and you, it's legal for you to send it to us, please do. And uh, we'll let you know how to do that on our website, which or is... Or maybe you don't care whether it's legal or not. You just kind of... That's right. You know. Well, the, we, we, well for, those, right. for those in the know... We are not encouraging FedEx, you to break FedEx laws. FedEx doesn't check. FedEx okay, is that's not, the most that's, important thing. Absolutely. But absolutely. we are also not encouraging you, you to break do, any laws. Do not use Disclaimer. USPS, but FedEx is so, quite so, all right. So someone now tell us the uh, webpage. Beerinamoviepodcast.com. That's right. At Beerinamoviepodcast. And we're on Facebook... So Search beer in a movie. Real very quick easy. before we cap the episode Cheers. off, though, I had one question that I wanted to ask everybody that we can very quickly go around. Okay. Um, I want to know everyone's favorite superhero movie and why mm. it's your favorite. No, then we're going to be, we need a whole new episode. For no, no, just I say love, very quickly. I, I love what you're doing. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Am I starting? We'll start with David. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let's play the game. Are we limiting ourselves to the last, to, to no, the modern, any, any, super, any this, superhero this movie This includes ever. even fringe stuff like Super with Rain Wilson, Kick-Ass, uh, the, the one that Damon Wayans was in, uh, Blank oh, Man, Superman, like Blank um, Man, yeah. Uh, any, I have an answer. Any superhero film, not, not anything that was on TV or made for right. TV or anything like that. I, right? I, I have no, an answer. Do, in Man, theater, this so. is putting me on the spot. Okay, I'm so gonna, Joe, go I'm, first since you have an answer. Spider-Man already. Spider-Man Two, Tobey Maguire. Okay, uh, with Doc Ock. 
Yeah. And you have to understand, like I said earlier on the podcast, I can tell you 252 is the, you know, I, mean, yeah. I, I am a Spider-Man enthusiast and a collector. I stopped doing it. But to see, the Spider-Man is my favorite character, and I think that's what's turned me off to these Marvel films more than okay. anything, is that the Tobey Maguire version, one and two, at the good. time, fantastic. Yeah, good. When they did three with Venom, awesome. Venom is my favorite Marvel character of all time, and, and I'm going <laughs> to insist... That I not only that we not only see the Venom movies. Joe just lost credibility with all our listeners. No, I I like that character too. And uh, I get to pick the beers for Venom whenever that. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent down to do that because I do want to see that. That's my answer. Spider Man Two followed closely by X Men Two. I'm done. Okay, Spider Man Two because you're a Spider Man fan. That's why. It's the best well done of them all. I got to dig back, and for me, it's about that moment, Batman. That first, the the Tim Burton Batman. When I was, I mean, I guess I was probably ten, nine or ten years old. Going to that in the theater, Never not been knowing seen what before. to. Oh yeah. yeah, I was just floored. Jack Nicholson, Prince soundtrack, Prince soundtrack, Danny Elfman score, I mean, I mean, that was just a true revelation. For and, th- and think about the superhero movies that we had for context prior to that point. Yeah, right. I mean, I had yeah. seen the Superman films and I enjoyed the Superman films, but that bat- visually, mm-hmm. the set design, how Gotham looked, that whole thing, it was. Beautiful. And I mean, that, that was, and, and I'm going to follow up with Danny you. Elfman score. Yeah, that was. Yeah, although no. I was so sad Amazing. to see he was on Justice League. Yeah. Oh my gosh, music's pretty good though. Yeah, but man, but talk yeah, about it's, talk it's, about it's like hard. spinning gold it's for a, like a trash heap. Battle. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, the first Superman movie is the first movie I ever saw. Um, I have really. It's one of my earliest memories. I wow. went with my dad to see that. Um, but I would probably echo Batman for the same reasons, and that, and I was 15 when that came yeah. out, and it was such a huge hyped thing, and and to think about how it delivered, not just through computer special effects, yeah, it delivered yeah. through character yeah. and performance, dialogue, yeah, dialogue. Yeah. These imagine these yeah. things. So yours, Carlos, what's your favorite? Yeah, I'm. You know, it is. Batman 1989, even though I wasn't even, like, a thought at that point. Um, I wasn't born until 92. Uh, but as, as far as all of the movies, I mean, when Batman Begins was coming out, I mean, my uncle took me to the midnight screening. I think that was the first midnight screening I ever oh, went wow. to. Dark Knight, those are fantastic movies. But I think as far as, like, there's something about how stylized Batman 1989 is that it will never date itself because it's just so kind of, like... In its, yeah. its own, own thing, thing yeah. That, yeah. But just to, you know... Uh, avoid being redundant I will say that my favorite Superman or not Superman movie but my favorite superhero movie other than that uh, in the last like 10 or 20 years or whatever um, was Logan oh the most yeah, that, recent I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet it is okay so it's very different here, here is here is why it's my favorite uh, it is a human story set in a world in which superheroes exist there it, the whole world isn't at stake there's not an entire city at stake no. it's about a father and daughter reconnecting and that relationship that grows. And there, for me, the stakes are so much higher in a very small personal type of story like that. And I think that's the thing that is missing from literally every other superhero movie that's been coming out since the first Iron Man. Well, I think we need to come up with an excuse to make that. We'll have to pair that with something else. I think we're drunk rambling. The, the next Hugh Jackman movie, the, uh, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> but no, movie. but I, but I, but I totally agree. Logan was a really so interesting variant on the super because yeah. it is not the typical superhero film. All right, wrap us up, Dave. Okay, so folks, 
Thank you for listening to Beer and a Movie Podcast. Um, please interact with us. We want to hear your feedback. We have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash beer and a movie TX, because we are based in Texas. Um, we have our own website, beer and a movie podcast.com. And please go there. We have a pairing form. You can go in. You can give us suggestions for what kinds of beers we should be drinking, with what movies we should be seeing, and uh, and all that. So come back, hear us talking about beers and movies, and yeah, find us on the podcast app or or wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and rate, review, and subscribe. And I I, I also am going to put this out there for everybody that's listening. Uh, tweet at us, and I want to know what your favorite superhero movie is and why. Absolutely. All right, until next time. Bye bye. <laughs>